Imagine you're alone walking on a trail on the side of a tall mountain in an unfamiliar forest. The air is warm and the forest floor between the trees is covered by a blanket of tiny wildflowers and ferns. You break off a branchlet from a cedar tree and rub the green spray between your palms and lift it to your nose to breathe in the smell. The trail you're following goes through a tunnel of rhododendron bushes above and beside you. You smile as you realize you're in a green tunnel, but you hear the sound of water falling ahead. As you get closer, the sound of water gets louder. As you walk around the curve of the mountain and exit the green tunnel, the waterfall comes into sight. The water rushes down the trail as you get close, and you watch how it tumbles down the mountain. Your senses are full, and you feel alive as you step on rocks in the middle of the stream and look up at the waterfall and take it all in. Gratitude fills your soul. Your spirits are lifted up to praise God for the opportunity to experience this wondrous creation. You're reminded of Psalm 104 where the author praises the Lord for creating the heavens and the earth and sending springs and waters to flow down through the ravines of the mountains and water the fields below for the animals and birds. Your heart sings for joy in awe as you think of all the things that God has created. Hi, I'm Dale Clem, and today I want to share with you about taking long walks with the intention of making it into a pilgrimage or a time of reflection and prayer. I like to think of it as praying at three miles an hour. In the Hebrew scriptures, Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden. And in the Bible, walking with Yahweh is a constant way of referring to seeking to be intimate with the Creator. The scripture says that followers walk before Yahweh, and this means they're living a life with integrity. Paul and other New Testament authors pick up on this metaphor and refer to it as walking the Christian life. As a matter of fact, Jesus joins Cleopas on a walk to Emmaus after the resurrection to bring them comfort and clarity about recent events. Many of us enjoy going on daily walks for exercise, but I want to challenge you to use these times as opportunities to pray at three miles per hour. There are many ways to pray in the woods. Pondering over a scripture or even a word in scripture is an invitation to prayer. Taking a hiking break and meditating on what draws your attention is a good practice. Once I noticed how large rocks had been carefully placed to keep persons on a trail. Just pondering these boundary rocks drew me to reflect on the things that had helped keep me on the right path during my life. Sometimes when I stopped to rest, I noticed things that in nature that I had not noticed before, maybe some small blooming flowers, which are always a call to praise God, or a bird's nest, calls me to think about home and pray for my home and people who live here. Once I watched an inchworm slowly make its way to the ground, and I marveled at its undoubting courage. I pondered about my own moments of courage or moments where I lacked courage. In the summer, often spiders spin webs across the trail, and as they hit my face or arms, of course I flinch and experience discomfort, 
but also I marvel at the creation of such tiny insects. I sometimes even say out loud that I apologize for wrecking their work or or tell them that I say, I hope you get some food in your web next time. Whatever you see, smell, or hear can be an invitation for meditation. The constant pecking of a woodpecker could be a call to reflect on what God wants you to be intense with tackling. As I walk, often I will use the rhythm of my steps as a way to pray for myself or others. The rhythm of the steps kind of dictate the rhythm of the words. I I use a four-step rhythm, really. I pray like, may they have peace with every step, joy with every step, love with every step, grace with every step, hope with every step, friends with every step, forgiveness with every step, Jesus with every step. I go through members of my family with these eight verses and then others for whom I'm particularly praying. I may pause after praying the eight verses for a particular person and pray for specific needs that they may have. There are no rules about praying at three miles an hour. I just encourage you to find a way that's comfortable for you and practice it enough to become familiar with it and it becomes part of your lifestyle. When you think of your walk as a pilgrimage, you're aware that you're not only making it an hour journey, but also an inward journey. When the prophet Elijah ran into the wilderness after making King Ahab and Queen Jezebel angry, he too was on a long-distance pilgrimage. It started out as an outward pilgrimage, but it became an inward pilgrimage as he reflected on his life and life with God, and God spoke to him. Moses went up on a mountain to meet God. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness after he was baptized and before he began his ministry. These were long pilgrimages. Jesus took Peter, James, and John up a mountain with the intention of meeting God. By taking longer walks with God, we too can have an opportunity to learn about ourselves and our faith. A few years ago, I had this crazy thought. If Jesus could go in the wilderness to pray for 40 days, why couldn't I give it a try? So I decided to spend 40 days hiking on the Appalachian Trail, some 450 miles through the states of Maine and New Hampshire. I think God was calling me to take this long hike, but I confess that just like on any journey to an unknown place, I was filled with fear and anxiety. I had to overcome my resistance. If God wants to transform us, and we're open to being transformed, we have to admit that we may not always have a pleasant experience. The longer hikes have a way of shaking us from our comforts, from the familiar, and put us in a position of vulnerability. And it's in that period of vulnerability that we become real to ourselves and to God. John Climacus observed that a snake can shed its old skin only if it crawls through a tight hole. Now, I'm not sure about this science, but I understand that we can learn about ourselves when we leave the familiar and take away our normal crutches, such as technology. Hafiz says, love wants to reach out and manhandle us, breaking all of our teacup talk of God. God wants to drag us away from gripping the toys of the world so he can shake the nonsense out. It's surprising to me 
that I may have many worries, but once I get into the woods, I become so present to the woods and what I'm doing in my hike that I'm able to let go of those worries for a while. You know, just looking at the trees, they can help us realize that from God's perspective, from the tree's perspective, we can look at things from a longer view. The trees have often been there for over 80 years, and they remind me that in the long run, over the next 50 or 60 or 80 years, what I'm worried about isn't so significant. God has a long view of history, and if I too can think about a long view, I, I don't have to worry so much. When I'm backpacking, I try to carry as little as possible. It reminds me of how little we really need to be happy. The first chapter of Thoreau's Walden Pond is titled Economy, where he narrows down the necessities. He determined that a doormat to his cabin was unnecessary. Backpackers often strip down to the essentials. You know, what I've thought about is that the soul delights in being self-reliant and carrying everything you need on your back. Backpackers ask, what can I leave behind? That is a great question for all of us in our spiritual life. One of the steps for freedom is thinking about what we can leave behind. Some things I've pondered leaving behind include giving up my ego's need for approval or giving up trying to have specific outcomes, giving up a thirst for a particular experience, and just simply living in the present. I've found that to walk lightly is to take ourselves less seriously. Part of growth involves testing or challenging ourselves. When we get out of our comfort zones, we have an opportunity to face a challenge, which will probably involve self-doubt and fear and wanting to give up. I know on many of my hikes, I've faced these challenges, fear saying, I can't do it, I can't do it, I'm going to give up, I'm going to give up. God, why am I doing this? You know, what was I thinking? But yet, by facing those fears and overcoming them, we realize that we can do much more than we ever imagined. Not long ago, I hiked the 225 miles, which is the length of the Appalachian Trail through the state of Pennsylvania. This long trip, uh, which we call a rocky trip, provided so many challenges. One section was called, on the top of a mountain, the Knife's Edge which is not really what you want to think about when you think of a trail. It was literally hiking on top of a narrow slanted rock on top of this mountain. But successfully hiking across this section gave me confidence. One of the joys of walking is feeling connected to life around me. Everything comes alive, such as the trees, ferns, mosses, lichen, worms, birds, squirrels. The woods are full of life. And as John Muir would say, they're talkative if you just listen. The tree may be showing you a scratch on its bark that it received from a bear. I've had birds and butterflies and moths follow along with me. I've come upon a deer and we look deeply in each other's eyes just for a long time. One night, a few wild hogs walked along beside me on the trail. They were about 15 or 20 feet off the trail I was walking on, and they stayed walking with me for about a mile. 
I don't know why they, they walked with me. They were not afraid of me. I just talked to them and told them, I'd like for you to stay about 15 feet away if you don't mind. When I hike, I feel as though my identity doesn't conclude with my skin, but extends through my senses into the wilderness. I'm able to lose myself into the mountain or rock or water. What I thought of me is now considered part of all living things. This is one of the gifts that I've received from praying at three miles an hour. I found that by emerging myself in nature, I get curious enough about plants and trees and birds that I want to know more. I want to know their names. I want to know their habits. And then once I get to know them more and see them more, I've grown to love them. Then what I love, of course, I want to protect, just as I would want to protect a family member. So what started out as a, as a simple hike led to curiosity to know more, then to love, then a desire to protect and preserve. The path of curiosity to knowing more, to loving more, to protecting and preserving sounds very much like a path we're all on in our Christian walk. If you want to know more, I invite you to download a 20-minute guided prayer you can listen to as you take your walk in the woods. You can contact me or maybe on this website. You may also want to read a book I wrote called 40 Days in the Wilderness, Prayers and Reflections Along the Appalachian Trail. That's available for me if you want to contact me or you can Google it. Let us pray together. We give you thanks, Almighty God, for your amazing creation. We often live at such a fast pace. Show us how to slow down to three miles an hour so that we may rest, find rest and refreshment from you. Give us courage, O oh God, to find a new revealing path of prayer as we take prayer walks. Amen. <music>